Welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. So welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Linfoot, and I am here today with an incredible guest, Russell Amrasekera. I hope I've pronounced your name correctly. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> Phew! <laughs> That's a good start. That's a good start. So Russell um, has had an incredible career that spans, gosh, travel, TV, media, and what you do now, which is mentoring and the whole piece around personal brands. And you work with some incredible um, companies, Innocent, HSBC, Amex. So there's so much for us to talk about. And we are here in Russell's incredible home (laughs) on the river, ladies and gentlemen. So look at this place. It's really quite something. So thank you uh, for joining me, Russell. And welcome welcome. to the podcast. You're welcome. It's lovely. Lovely to talk to you, Jeanette. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So I think a great place to start would be just tell us about your journey. Journey, kind of where life started for you, where you are now, and then we'll just go from there. Okay, well, look, it's it's, it's a slightly eclectic story, if I'm really <laughs> honest, but going right back to the beginning, you know, my parents um, are originally from Sri Lanka, so I'm second generation and uh, born and brought up in this country, and I'm one of three, so I am the middle of two girls, and we're all a year apart. Um, my mum is Buddhist, and my dad is Catholic, so I kind of do spirituality and guilt in equal measure. <laughs> That's kind of shaped my life in in, in no small way. And uh, I grew up around clothes and hair and makeup and fashion and all of these kind of things. The female side of the family was was very dominant growing up, Jeanette. And mm. I, I look at that now and that whole female influence has had a huge impact on my life. And a lot of the way in which I show up mm. is really because the feminine in me is very strong. And that's how I go out to the world. And, you know, one of the things that I have really learned to understand is that taking that feminine energy into my life and into my work has really led to a lot of the choices that I've made and, and ultimately some of the success that I've been able to enjoy. Mm. So, so that's had a, a huge influence on me. I did politics at university. I wanted to change the world. I <laughs> uh, realised when I was there that I couldn't quite change it the way I thought the world ought to be changed <laughs> and finished my degree. And I honestly, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. It, I guess the dilemma that so many of us face. Mm. And for my kind of background, you know, as a very traditional Sri Lankan, it was expected I would be an engineer or I would be an accountant or I would be a lawyer or any of those things. And mm. I was never those things. So I fell into corporate business because I I really didn't know what else I wanted to do. And I did 17 years and I used to um, put a suit on and I go. So I I started off um, originally in marketing and brand. I did public relations. I did a stint as a a holiday rep, which I'm very happy to talk about (laughs) uh, separately because that was full of adventures. And I went on then to do public relations, employee communications, investor relations. And my last proper job, I was group corporate communications director at Thompson Travel Group. And we took that company to the London Stock Exchange, floated it on the market. And then three years later, delisted it and sold it to Tui, its current owner. Mm. 
But I, you know, for me, after 17 years, I think if I'm really honest, Jeanette, it was the first time in my life that I'd suddenly ever taken the time to sit back and go, is this me? You know, is this really what I want to do? And if, again, if I'm really honest, I felt trapped in my suit. Mm. I, I love corporate life. I think, you know, there's, it, there, there are so many, the ecosystems of organisations fascinated me then. They still fascinate me today. But there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of constraints. Mm. And, and for me, there was this kind of creative, spiritual animal that was just pushing against <laughs> all of that kind of protocol and behaviour. And in real terms, I, I bust out, you know, and that was a very, very big turning point for me in my life mm. because, you know, I was, you know, established, you know, I had a job, I was doing a lot of work in the city. And in many ways, I, I suppose I had all the, the, the kind of trappings of success. But the reality was I, I wasn't happy. Mm. And, and I kind of, something said to me, I, I have to change this. So look, long story short, I took a huge chance being in the travel industry. I got a chance to be a, a TV presenter and I managed to get on a programme. Uh, some of the people listening might remember called Wish You Were Here, which with Judith Chalmers. And, a, yes. uh, and, and I spent the best part of five years travelling around the world, reporting on destinations, initially with um, Wish You Were Here and then on to the BBC Holiday programme. And then I got my own little series, Perfect Holiday. I did, I, I did all sorts of stuff. But I kind of gone, Jeanette, from this sort of really quite established, successful corporate life to the life of a starving performer and sitting there waiting for my agent to ring. And, you know, anybody who has been a performer who operates or lives in the world of television or acting, you know, it's an incredibly vulnerable life, mm. brilliantly creative but very, very vulnerable because it's highly subjective. You're not necessarily in control of your future. And I, I couldn't afford to keep doing it. You know, in, in TV, you kind of have to get famous. Uh, and, and that's really about being able to afford it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about chasing fame. And, and, and I, I didn't get famous enough. So I, I had to do something. I can remember getting about a month away from not being able to pay my mortgage which was a, yeah. a massively scary thing. I was living in Hampstead, a big house in Hampstead, and it was, I, I, what am I going to do? So long story short, I got in touch with a <clears throat> former supplier of mine, ended up, in real terms, really taking over their business with another partner. And it was a small events company that I brought a lot of people in from broadcast television. Mm. We built it up into a media organisation that did live events, television programmes for business and video viral campaigns and sold it to a, a TV company it's about eight, eight, and, eight and a half years ago now. So today, essentially, I, I, do, I do four things and they're things that I love. I, I still have to work. But I, I coach and, and I mentor. I really specialise in impact and presentation and storytelling and executive presence. And, you know, I have an amazing range of clients. I, met, I work mainly at sort of chief executive and board level. And everybody, you mentioned a, a couple of the names from HSBC to Innocent to Ann Summers. I work with politicians. I work with celebrities. And mm. essentially, 
I, I, I help them think about how they go out to the world. So that can be everything from sitting in front of investors all the way through to I've got to give a speech on a red carpet and, and kind of how I do that. I also personal style, so I do personal image makeovers. Believe me, I don't turn everybody into <laughs> a lot of a lot of my work means taking people down to Savile Row or, you know, I'm dressing women for the boardroom. You know, there's a lot of that kind of thing as well. Um, so I personal style. I'm, I'm also a life and career coach. So the whole mentoring piece comes off the back mm. of that. And then I have a little side hustle where I... I do interior spaces, I design them, and I also design dinner parties. And look, I I live an unusual life. Um, Last part of the story, and I should mention this because I think it's 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 Mm. it's relevant. Look, I show up in a in a very unusual way. You know, I dress as a woman, and it's not as a. uh, This isn't something that I do at the weekends. It's something that is me, and uh, that is for me not optional because it's a true expression of who I am but typically Jeanette I will get three reactions when I walk down the street anywhere in the world Mm. the first one is some you know people sometimes come up to me and they say listen good on you good on you for having the courage to be who you are and it's great that you express yourself and it's lovely when that Mm. happens it's very affirming the second reaction is people laugh and Mm. I, I get that and funny enough I have no difficulty with that because a lot of the time I think that's funny too and there's a lot of play I think you know the interesting thing as we get older is we lose that capacity Mm. to express ourselves through play which is the most magical thing if you look at children for example children don't focus on how they're seen they focus on what they see and how they feel Mm. so you get that incredibly playful energy and we lose that as adults and I think you know that is a is, is a huge shame because we have an innate capacity for being able to play. So if I wake up in the morning and I think, oh, I want to be a pirate today, and I, and I do obviously living on a boat, that's quite a, <laughs> quite a common theme for me. Yeah. But but I'm a pirate, and you know that I have no difficulty with the laughter. But the third reaction is <clears throat> is very tricky because I I live in London. I I can't take the underground at night. Um, very typically um, in, in a day, I will have people either saying to my face or under their breath, you know, what the fuck is that? Um, that's very common. I get spat at. Um, and there have been quite a number of occasions where I've really got myself into difficulties and had to dig myself out of real aggressive situations mm. as a kind of thing. And, you know, one of my clients is a lovely way of putting this. And he talks about the fact that, you know, as human beings, we're uncomfortable with difference. And therefore, when we see something that we don't relate to, Mm. we often have a a reaction to it that can range from appreciation to to fear. Mm. And that's playing out every day for me. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because, you know, this is all in real terms, very tribal, you know, and if you think about it, we used to live in tribes. And really it was only the king and queen of the tribe that were allowed to mark themselves differently Mm. and therefore if you choose to mark yourself differently it comes with ramifications and I'm very aware of that I'm very aware that I mark myself differently so I will be judged it doesn't justify some of the more aggressive reaction Mm. for me there's never any 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 excuse for that it's it's the worst part of human nature yeah but the reality is it, it happens and every time I go out, I'm aware of that. But this is a genuine expression of who I am. Mm. And for me, you know, it I am at my best 
when I am at my most authentic. So it's a, it's a really important theme for me. So, mm. so that's kind of my story. I, I, wow. as I said, I live this slightly crazy life, but it's a life <laughs> that makes me very spiritually happy. And I, I think about, you know, what's important to me now. And I go back to my corporate days. And in those days, a lot of it was about, you know, the title and the houses and the cars. Mm. And none of I, I know it's very easy to say, but actually what matters to me now is my own spiritual journey, um, the desire to be the best version that I can be of myself. And I don't mean that in a mm. horribly cliched way, but I'm very fascinated by both my potential and the potential of other people. And then really for me, a lot is about helping people and helping other people unlock their potential, which I know is really mm. dear to your heart. It, it, I guess it's why you do what you do. And I understand that totally. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you're so, I mean, thank you for sharing sharing your, your journey, a whistle-stop tour, and we're going to get stuck into to a few a few more sort of areas within that. But I think, you know, one of the things that strikes me, and you're right, is around this whole idea of potential and being able to, to live your true self but also fulfill your dreams, whatever they may be. And, and you're right, you know, so many people feel that they have to fit into a certain mould or what society expects of them. And, and what I find personally so inspiring about you is that you, even though you accept that you're going to get criticised or, or some more aggressive responses sometimes, the pull the com- the, the, is so compelling for you to be your true self that actually you're prepared to put up with, you know, some of the nonsense and the rubbish that goes on. Yeah. But that takes great courage, right? It takes bravery to do that. And I think a lot of people possibly don't find that, that courage in themselves and therefore never really live their true selves, yeah. which is a great shame because we're only here, we only have one life, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's such an interesting insight because if you think about it, you know, for so many of us and, you know, whether it's in business or whether it's in our private lives, you know, we, we, we spend far too much time really worrying about what other people think. Mm. Now, I know it's, it's really easy to say that, mm. but as human beings, you know, our biggest fear is actually fear of judgment, fear of rejection. You know, mm. it's that sense of, you know, if you go back to primitive times, you know, we feared being rejected from the tribe mm. because that was humiliation. So in, in adult life, ch- children don't do this, but in adult life, mm. we spend our lives adapting and compromising. And that's fine because, you know, that's that's what it means to build a community. Of course, there are compromises. But when you lose sight of yourself and you lose sight of your, your authenticity and, and what really makes you special and at your best, mm. that's when life gets very challenging. And for me, that was something that I... I intuitively understood that I didn't want to compromise and you know there's a there's a very simple truth Jeanette and I'm not saying this for everybody because Mm. there's degrees you know not everybody wants to be as extreme as I am and put themselves out there but since I've had the courage to to really express myself in in my truth ironically I've been my most successful you know certainly in business if you just want to take the business side Mm. of my life you know there is something okay I'm, I'm not for everybody but actually, you know, there is a truth around, you know, who, who I am and how I go out to the world that, you know, people who I work with, for them, I think there's a bit in every, in all of us that wants to be true to ourselves. And, mm. you know, I get incredibly inspired when people say to me things like, you gave me the courage or you helped me realise that I was compromising too much of myself and mm. not living a life that makes me happy. And... 
so many of us live lives li- live our lives in a way that we, you know we go well maybe that's just the way it is mm. and and yet there's so much magic out there if you're willing to 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 challenge your own perceptions and and think about what truly makes you happy the trouble is we don't spend enough time thinking about it because we're all so busy mm. and you know yeah and, and and I guess for you sorry to to interrupt Russell, but when you um what you said earlier there, so there's a couple of things that spring into mind here. One is, I guess, the integrity and honesty that, you know, with your clients, because they see the true Russell, um, you know, warts and all, mm-hmm. and you're very, very open about, about all of this and speak very candidly, which I think is great. Um, but that then, I think, probably gives them great uh, trust in you mm-hmm. as well. So there's there's that side to things. Um, but the pivotal point for you, because you mentioned a little bit earlier around you know 17 years in corporate, and I remember you and I first met. Um, I was I was a, a very I think I was a product manager or something. You know, just sort of starting out really in my corporate life when when we first came across each other, and you were the big senior boss, you know, and you had your pinstripe suits. <laughs> and I remember very well the image, you know, how you how you came came across then, and you know. Very powerful and impactful, you know, even in the in the in the pin suit. <laughs> well, that's um, good to know. <laughs> yeah, but but as you say, there was a pivotal moment for you that's where you went, "Hang on a minute, I, this I, I'm not being true here." Yeah. It, do you want to talk about that a little bit more? How that how that showed up for you? Yeah, because it, it it goes back to this kind of environment. I mean, you know, when I think back to my my kind of corporate days, you know, I did some amazing things. You know, I I was a holiday rep. I did I did. Mm. I did two seasons in Greece and a couple of ski seasons and stuff. And I, you know, I look back on those days and they, they, they were magical in so many ways. And I think, you know, I learned so much about life doing, you know, it's funny, isn't it? You know, sometimes when you look forward in your life and you look at the things that you've done and all the rest of it, you know, some people, you, you know, you said to me, you're happy to talk about, you know, <laughs> your sort of, you know, your kind of repping days. And I absolutely am because, you know, believe me, and you'll understand this better than anybody, you know, when you've stood at, um, at, at Corfu Airport, um, you know, at four o'clock in the morning, the Glasgow flight's coming in, and you, you and 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 you're like me. You learn how to understand human nature, and you learn to be pretty streetwise, you know, because <laughs> you can imagine, the, you know, the kind of reaction. Yeah. So I look back on those days, and I I learned so much, and I gained so much from that, you know, that experience. But there's something about, um, you know, the, the there are so many brilliant things about um, corporate life, but you know, a lot of the time. For me, you know, I I'm, I'm very mindful of the bullshit. Mm. You know, there there are you know, it's really interesting, and you will understand this as an entrepreneur. Mm. You know, fundamentally, running an entrepreneurial business, I remember somebody putting it to me so succinctly: you need more money coming in than you have going out. Um, you, you know, and the whole thing is about doing something amazing. Mm. You know, if you start from doing something amazing, like the customer, and you want yeah. to create something brilliant. The rest of it takes care of itself. And as long as you've got more money coming in than you have going out, Mm. you're going to run a successful business. Whereas in corporate life, you know, we make those things so complicated. You know, we have this ability to be able to take something that's actually incredibly simple and make it complex. And as I go into these organizations, I see so much wasted energy. You know, when, when, when you're success is tied up with you know how big your office is or you know whether you've got a grand title you know sometimes I go into these businesses and I I see people's title and I wonder who's talking to the customers Mm. you know because everybody is sort of oh well I do this and I do that and you know I'm head of this and 
you know, and I, I look at it and so much of that to me is bullshit. Mm. You know, ultimately the best businesses are the businesses that keep it really, really simple and actually focus on doing amazing things for their customers and, you know, all the language that we create around business. You know, I'm, when I hear people talking about paradigm shifts and pivoting here and doing all of this, I mean, you know, my mind is bullshit. <laughs> it is, you know, it's a complicated way of saying something really, really simple, like you are changing directions. That's what pivoting is. You know, why we have to come up with it. Customers don't talk about, you know, they don't talk about, you know, since, since when did you know when you go back to Manchester, would your family talk about, oh, do you know, I think we're going to pivot to a... To... <laughs> definitely not day to day I didn't want to be part of that in a kind of thing and yet I have the greatest respect for you know I work with some brilliant people truly Mm. gifted people who run and lead extraordinary businesses so I have this kind of you know there's a sort of duality for me Mm. around take the best bits of what business are and do more of that and spend less time worrying about, you know, actually, how am I going to be seen? You know, what is it that gets in the way mm. of me doing amazing things for customers? And ultimately, because it's a business making money, because otherwise you don't have a you, you, you don't have a business. You know, mm. we, sometimes we get embarrassed about talking about money, yeah. but ultimately you need to make money. You need to make money to reinvest back in. And we all need to make money to have choices in life. Mm, absolutely. And when, before we, were, we started the interview, we were chatting, weren't we, uh, Russell? And you were telling me a very great story around how you were when you first set up the business and you were having a you were having you were having a conversation with one of your potential corporate clients and of course you're you're there appearing as you appear very very sort of true to yourself but that sort of sort of clash between the corporate brand and I guess your personal brand and we're going to talk about personal brand as well because I think that's that's such, such a key area but do you want to just tell us a little bit around the conf- potential conflict of kind of how you show up versus the corporate image and how, if that's incongruous ever yeah oh i mean this, <laughs> you know this was one of the big turning points in my life because um, it was a very big company um, based in Canary Wharf and I'd, I'd got a very nice recommendation and I was going in to see, you know, one of the senior directors of this organisation and, uh, you know, believe me, Jeanette, like any entrepreneur, there was a point I really needed the business, you know, it mm. come off the back of, um, you know, financial crisis and all this kind of stuff. I really needed the business and I rocked up there and I got taken up to, you know, like the sort of 40th floor of this building and sat and waited and and this guy eventually kind of came out and he said to me, "Sir, look, I hear good things, but tell me, tell me, you know, what what is, what what exactly do you do and how do you do it?" So I started sixty seconds in. He said, "Look, okay, you can you, you can stop and there." He said, "I get it." He said, "He said you clearly know your stuff." He said, "I feel really good about this, but I'm going to be really honest with you, Russell." He said, "I could not take you into the boardroom dressed like that," and it was one of those moments where I thought, "Okay," and he said, "So would you?" Would you put a suit on? You know, would you be willing to do that? And I had one of those moments. And, you know, when you slightly gulp mm. and you know that this is a moment and and I really needed the business. But I looked him in the eye and I said, no, I can't. I said, I can't do it. I said, because I said, this is me. And, I said, and, and for me to give you my best, I need to feel myself. You know, it's tied up with my confidence, my ability to be able to really tune in and, and, and help you in the best way that I can. Jeanette, he said, he said, OK, he said, you're hired. He said, you're hired. 
and uh, I mean, I was I was kind of shocked, and and I said, well, look, okay, thank you. I said, do you need me just to pull together a proposal, you know, around one? He said, no, it's okay. He said, just just send me a bill, and they are still a client today, wow. and and it was a massive turning point. But there's a, you know, for every anybody listening to this. There was something very pub, and I'm not saying take it to the edge like that. It, mm. You know, I have a very high risk profile, Jeanette, <laughs> probably no surprise. But there is something around truth mm. and that confidence to be true to who you are and not be willing to compromise your principles. Because, you know, we all have values and we talk, you know, in corporate life, we know particularly, mm. you know, you see the values on a chart and all the rest of mm. it. But for me, these things come down to to human nature. What is it that mm. you feel inside? What's important to you? And for me, you know, that that kind of personal integrity and, and willingness to be true to myself is a, is a very key part of, of, of kind of what drives me. And, you know, I've never looked back from, from, from those days. And now if people, if it's too much and I understand that, then they're not for me. Mm-hmm. They're not the people that, I, that I'm best to work with. Mm. And we all have choices. But, you know, I live a much more fulfilled life by being able to, we attract the people that, you know, we naturally, it happens in life, you know, yeah. you sometimes ask yourself the question, why did I meet that person? And how do they come into my life? Mm. And, you know, I'm a real believer in energy, these things happen energetically. Mm. So it's a very big turning point for me. But there is a, for me, there's a very important lesson in there, which is, Yes, compromise, but don't compromise your integrity and your values mm. because there's only one way you're going as a consequence of that. And I, I see so many people, you know, I'm, you know, have many people in my life, many of my clients, you know, extremely wealthy. And I know it's a cliche, but, you know, there is no correlation between having money and being happy and fulfilled. In fact, you know, many of the people I know who have the most money are the people who are least happy because they compromise their lives mm. in order to try and keep everybody else happy. And then you lose sight of what is it that makes me. And I, I'm a real believer too that you cannot be good for other people unless you are good for yourself. And that applies in in, in your love relationships, in your family relationships, mm. and your work relationships too. Mm. Oh, I think you're absolutely spot on. And when you were describing that moment, I, I was there in the room with you. <laughs> I could feel the, the pin drop, you know, and that sort of the emotion. I was I felt quite, quite tearful. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know. But I mean, what, what, what a ter- another turning point, a pivoting point for you, because you stuck to your true values. And I think you're right, you know, living a life of purpose or, or having purpose to your business, whatever it is, whether it's personal business or career. Um, I think when you do what you love and you're genuine about that, the money will come yeah. at some point. And I'm a quite a big believer in, you know, do your best, give to other people, the law of reciprocity, you know, it goes around, comes around. And, you know, I certainly, I think that does play out. You never quite know how, but some somewhere yeah. down the track, it will come good. And, and ironically, you were saying earlier, which I thought was fascinating, Russell, that since you made the decision to live your life true to your purpose and your values, actually, you've been re- incredibly successful or arguably more successful than yeah. in the corporate world, yeah. uh, which is interesting because I think for people listening, if they're thinking about, uh, nervous about making a change or, or, or making quite a big step in a certain direction, it's very comforting to hear other people's journey where they did, you know, you made a massive, big, brave, bold move. Yeah. <laughs> And, it, and it's been brilliant. Right? Yeah, you know, and the turning point, you know, and, and I think for all of us, 
is taking that time, and I know you're a, you're a real believer in this. Mm. Is taking that time to ask yourself those fundamental questions that yeah. you know what 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 feeds my soul, you know what nurtures me, what makes me happy. You know, when I think about my life and everything for me is about balance you know life mm. is it's a funny thing isn't it you know there are times when it's deeply joyful Jeanette and there are times when it, it, it's deeply painful mm. and one of the things that has really helped me is to 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 recognize and accept that rhythm okay so in those times when it, it's painful um is 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 go with it mm. recognize that you know those are those moments in life and when you accept it funny enough those moments of pain become much shorter yeah and it's just the natural kind of rhythm of life so balance for me and accepting that dimension is really important and I really think about three things as a picture uh, for my life mm. and you know I'm not a believer in three-year plans or five-year plans because we're lucky if we can get through the next six months you know look at what's happened in the world yeah. you know, and in happening in the world right now so for me all these three five-year business plans and you know having all that waste of time but for me, I think about it, I think in pictures, you know, you, creative people always think in pictures. Mm. And so I have three things really that, 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 that shape my life. The first one is, is, is for love. Okay, and that is, you know, that's not necessarily a love relationship, a single love relationship, but it's people in my life who, who I really care about and I love. And for me, those are unconditional relationships. I don't want anything from them. Mm. They don't want anything from me other than other than love yeah. and other than affection. And, you know, that's really, really important. Mm. And as I've got older, you know, defining and understanding who are that tribe is, is, is hugely important. Mm. Um, the second one for me is, you know, this my own potential how far can I go? And that isn't, absolutely isn't about how much money is in my bank account, mm. but it's how good can I be, you know, as a coach, an advisor, a stylist, as a creator, what, what, what is my full potential? And, you know, for me, that journey is really important. And then the third dimension, which is what can I do for other people? You know, actually, how can I help other people unlock their potential? Mm. And something that I've really learned is ultimately that third space is the definer you know as human beings you know we are we are geared up to being able to take care of ourselves and keep ourselves safe and also wanting to live a joyful life mm. but then we're also we have a huge capacity for compassion and when you find a way in your life of doing things to genuinely support other people mm. it's so affirming and and that's what brings you know the greatest joy for me you know for me that's actually more powerful in my life than doing things for myself because otherwise you know what is it you know how much how many cars do you want to drive you know how many houses do you want to live in it, yeah it, it, easy to say look I, I I know that and I fully understand mm. the journey that we go on but the things that make people happiest and most fulfilled are actually incredibly simple mm. if we open our eyes and just look around and see them. Yeah. Do you think some of that is linked to your childhood and kind of the background, the family background you had? And you, you mentioned about the spirituality and sort of being Sri Lankan and the, yeah. mi the middle child sort of sandwiched in between two two, yeah. two, two sisters. You know, does, does any of that influence? Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think, you know, in particular, my mother's spirituality has had a huge Im impact on mm. me. You know, I'm very persuaded by you know a lot of the philosophy of Buddhism you know I, I I'm not a fully fledged Buddhist I think you know it was interesting you know Buddhism when it was originally conceived you know was was people lived in a very different contextual environment you know mm. you could go and meditate for for three days in a in a cave and find enlightenment or all these kind of things whereas you know I believe you, you know living in the world going out to people and ultimately you know absorbing both the magic that there is in life but also the pain mm. 
mm. is you know having a philosophy that enables you to step into that and go mm. well okay you know i i want to leave a fulfilled i want to lead a fulfilled life myself but i want to help others is for me a really pure version of buddhism you know or at least the the, the base foundation of it mm. and that shapes a lot of 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 who i am and as i said going back to that feminine energy you know i am a um you know i think you know i'm a massive uh, i find feminine energy very intoxicating and and i think the reason why is it's it's more emotionally open you know that's not to say men aren't emotionally open mm. but but traditionally you know we've been socialized but men find it more difficult to yeah. express themselves and i think you know emotional intelligence that ability to be able to look at life with that broader intuitive creative compassionate lens mm. is ultimately what makes us magical as human beings and doing that with logic you know we have these kind of two hemispheres of the brain you know broadly in very mm. crude brain science the ability to be able to think logically and analytically which we exercise a lot in business and then our the 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 right hemisphere which is this ability to be able to use our intuition our creativity mm. you know our empathy and it's when those two things come together that you really you know and again you know when I'm coaching uh, business leaders or public figures one of the things i work most on is this ability to be able to help people use that capacity as well as their logic their ability to be able to use what we all have as human beings which is the ability to be able to 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 work with our heart and our intuition so i start with my heart and then apply my logic afterwards right. and and it and and it makes you look at the world in a very very different way you have a much more caring compassionate mm. lens in the way that you look at the world and that's probably actually where the magic happens with you and some of your clients you know if i'm thinking about uh, let's take a more traditional alpha male business leader just for argument's sake and obviously there are all sorts of business leaders out there and um, <laughs> don't get me started about women in the boardroom right but <laughs> But let's just say, you know, someone who is maybe, you know, in a very senior role, in a corporate, in a very sort of traditional male um, role. Um, I guess that combination of that you bring to sort of most gently challenge that in a really constructive way with the with the goal and the objective to help and do good for that person must be quite, quite magical, actually. Mm. And I, I mean, I'm, I, yeah. And I think the helping the other people part of what you do is that giving of yourself must be quite an emotional journey that you're on when you're with your clients. Do you, do you want to talk about how that plays out for you? Because I know myself, when I you know, spend time with my mentoring clients, I love it. I, I, I get so much satisfaction seeing people come on or challenge themselves. Yeah. But by gosh, it's quite emotional yep. yourself. You know, you feel it. You know, sometimes I'll come off a, from a meeting or I'll come, God, I'm exhausted, yeah, you know. Yeah. So how does that play out for you with your clients? Yeah, so there's two. Um, I'll start with the sort of second part of that yeah. first, which is actually, you know, energy is, you know, when you go in with your heart, mm. um, you give everything because you're yeah. so open. And interestingly, and you'll understand this as a coach and a mentor yourself, is effectively um, we're channels. You know, this isn't about imposing our view of the mm. world on others. It's to try and understand people and then try and trigger them to take an action. Yes. So there's an awful lot of giving. You know, there's a lot of giving energy. Mm. And, you know, actually the reason I live on my own, Jeanette, is because, you know, I need to recharge. Yeah. Because, you know, when you give 
such a lot out there that you need those moments to just go, okay, if I don't take enough back for myself, mm. I can't be effective in that. So that's, you know, very important part of the way in which I, I engage with my work and my clients because my work isn't really my work, it's my life. You yes. know, it's, it's, yeah. an absolute, it, it, it's an absolute passion. And then going back to your point about journey, if you think about it, most people, and you see this especially in the business environment, you know, we're all so busy. You know, my question is busy doing what? Yeah. But we, you know, <laughs> our brains are very exercised by, and largely for a lot of people, they're using those more logical dimensions of the brain, that ability to problem solve, that ability to work with numbers and mm. sequence. You know, you see that in the boardroom, you know, it's understandably very prevalent because you need that to run a successful business. Mm. But when I meet clients for the first time and I go in for my sessions with them, that's they're locked in that world, okay? So the first thing that I see is I, I, I sense the energy Mm. And what I pick up stress, I pick up those that that kind of blockage, that kind of anxiety, that pace that you you kick in. And the first thing I do is I, I distract them. Okay, so I will find something. So I'll typically with a client, for example, I'll say, okay, because they arrive and it's like, okay, can we get on with this? That's more or less the message. Okay, because I've got like an hour <laughs> and a half, and you know I'm really busy, even though it's me that requested to see you. Yeah. <laughs> is the kind of thing. So I will go. So just. Um, Tell me, tell me about um, having breakfast with your daughter this morning. Just, just describe that to me. You know, how does it feel, Jeanette? You see a completely different person mm. all of a sudden. You know, you're kicking in that emotion. People's faces soften. Their body language gets more. You know, a smile comes off. You know, on their face. And I'm, I'm sitting there, and very often I say it, and I say, "Oh my goodness, if you could bring that softness and that energy." to the way you do your business, you would have the perfect combination. And those things are often a learning point. And I really try and help people with that journey, which is mm. how do you unlock those emotional dimensions and be able to feel comfortable expressing them? Because even for women, and you, you said, I know it's a, you know, I know this is a particular, an area that interests you hugely, which is women <laughs> in the boardroom. Yeah. But so many women in the boardroom, you know, end up, um, they believe that the way that they're going to be successful is to become honorary men. So they mirror the behavior of men you know mm. which often is 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 very left hemisphere you know it, it, it's that testosterone and it's not always like that sure. but there's a prevalence often in it's very alpha type behavior which you will be very familiar with yes and yet actually that is not what creates most women and I coach a lot of women and advise a lot of women and the thing they say to me is I am struggling with my authenticity because you know I try and mirror the behavior of men and actually you know what happens men don't want me to be like that either yeah. you know actually that that you know when I'm styling and when I'm working and I'm dressing people that ability to bring yourself to express your your femininity your power your sexuality you know all of these things that make us human beings is such an important part of the signals that we're sending mm. in order to be able to 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 kind of interact in the most effective way and it goes back to and you mentioned personal branding but mm. you know there's a lot of you know for me there's a lot of misunderstanding around what personal branding is you know we tend to think oh, I've got to have a personal brand because it's part of a marketing strategy and I think you know social media things like Twitter and in particular Instagram mm. um, Facebook of men you know okay it, 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 the dating sites Tinder for example you know you should see my profile it's like I'm six foot five and <laughs> you know, I speak with a deep voice and, and I love to go mountain biking and sitting by log fires you know is, is a kind of you know people just lie you know let's be honest yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but the but the reality is you know people go oh I must portray that kind of image yeah and fundamentally it doesn't work and personal branding 
actually is going back to your essence. Mm. It's about a, a, a very simple question is when am I at my best? i.e. what are the qualities and attributes that make me stand out and play true to me when I'm absolutely at my best mm. and what can I contribute to the world? And when you can answer those two questions and really, I mean, it's a, it's a more in-depth process and it would be lovely to have another conversation yes, about exactly yeah. what goes into this at some point. But when you understand those two things and you take the very best of you and you think about the contribution that you want to make and then mm. you act on it, fundamentally that is what branding is and that's what personal branding is and when I'm working with clients the work that I do is is pretty deep actually because you're going back to what is the essence of that person Mm. and there's a very simple truth that often you discover that through your childhood the number of people that say to me you know I can you know when I was growing up you know I just used to love to read I just used to love to you know for me it was about you know whether it's science fiction or whether you know whether it's Jane Austen Mm. and I go so do you read now and most people say no no I don't have time for that and actually you know you realize this was the thing that was the magic in their childhood that opened and expanded Mm. their minds but you know somebody said well you know I used to um, you know so I love to pick up a camera and I love to take photos do you spend time doing that now no no I don't do that because I'm too busy doing other things mm. no wonder you lose yourself Jeanette yes, and, yeah. and, and personal branding is about rediscovering that essence of who am I when am I at my happiest and most fulfilled and how do I give of my best both for myself which is really important mm. And then how do I give to others? It's not that complicated when you think about it. We just make it complicated. Well, I think I think it's, I mean, that's fascinating because I think most people, you're right, wouldn't think of it in that way, even though it's not complicated. When you explain it like that, it makes absolute sense. You know, clearly mm. think, God, yeah, now I get it. Um, but I think for most people, they probably think it's image. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the clothes you wear, it's how you walk into a room, it's, you know, all of how you speak, all of those things. Yeah. Um, whereas actually, I suppose, you can't get to that part until you've you've actually really got to the nub of yeah. who you are as a person. So I don't know if that is that, is that sort of, is there a staging sort of a, a, a different steps that you would take someone through? Then, uh, yeah, so? hugely so. And, and, and it, it does start with who am I and what's mm. important to me? Because, you know, we live in a world where, you know, ultimately the, there's, there's, there's two things going on there's our our true selves the piece that you know we know ultimately is who I am as a human being Mm. and actually we all absolutely have the ability to be able to understand that we just got to ask ourselves the questions and examine you know that self-awareness piece which is really helping people so I spend quite a lot of time you know helping people uncover that Mm. the the way I describe it Jeanette is a little bit like um, a ruby in the dust okay so you have this beautiful shiny ruby you know which has got so many vibrant colors Mm. and yet as we as we get older you know and as we go through life it gets covered in dust because you know we build up self-limiting beliefs you know Mm. your teacher at school you know told you you were crap at maths yeah so you grow up believing that you were crap at maths you know Mm. so many people you know say to me well I've never thought of myself as creative because I can't play an instrument or I can't write or Mm. you know you you know I can't draw whereas I say you know creativity is very simple it's a view of the world it's looking at the world in pictures Mm. and people go through their whole lives thinking they're not creative so we carry this with us and that's the dust okay yes but actually when you can help help somebody wipe away that dust that ruby shines it it shines beautifully and then you see the magic and the colors you know and it's uh, and when it catches the sunlight mm. and so a lot of the the start point is actually how do you take who we are as human beings clear the dust away and let the ruby shine bright yeah but the second dimension and this is hugely important is that we live in a world of perception 
You know, we don't look further than our noses. You know, this is one of the challenges I have, you know, that people look at me and they go, I'm confused. They judge. So I'm going to, and we judge, you know, as we Mm. were talking about earlier. But actually the reality is, you know, perception is important because what is we, you know, we will make up our judgment in 10 to 15 seconds, you know, in Mm. terms of whether we're going to engage with somebody. And that's a purely visual cue. Yeah. And, And therefore helping people understand how they are perceived through the way in which they go out to the world is hugely, hugely important because it's when you bring those two things together Mm. that you help people understand you. Now, I deliberately mash it up because, you know, my my gig in life is, you know, I want to challenge people. I want to make people challenge their own perceptions of the way in which we judge and the way in we Mm. put people in in boxes and, and we package. But actually, if you can help somebody to understand who you are when you're at your best... And then you follow that through and say that I want them to understand these things. So I'm going to give you clues. I'm going to send you signals. And that can be everything from the way in which you walk into a room. Mm. I'll give you a great example of that. Whenever I can, I work with teenagers. Okay, it's just something I'm very passionate about. And what's the biggest single challenge I have with teenagers? Eye contact. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and, you know, very simply, a lot of that is geared up to the fact that, you know, particularly today, people spend so much time on devices. So effectively, you know, you, 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 your, your viewpoint is here. Yeah. But empathy oh. is actually created um, primarily in the relationship between a mother and a child. Mm. And it's based on eye contact. So there's a real, you know, a lot of the, you know, attention deficit, you know, a lot of the... Um, uh, the autism scale, you know, they're seeing a direct correlation between this ability to be able to connect at a human level through right. eye contact. So one of the things I spend time with teenagers is really helping them to understand the power of mm. of, of, of connection, you know, through, through that, that, that visual reference point. Um, you know, the same thing, you know, as, as might be interesting to people, but, you know, what's the first thing, you know, that we notice about somebody when we meet them? Uh, most people say, oh, you know, it's people's eyes, you know, because we look through be a bit, it's hands. Yeah. It's hands. And the reason why is, you know, go back to primitive times when you, we had to work out whether somebody was a friend or foe. If you couldn't see their hands, they could be concealing a weapon. Mm. So hands become really important as gestures. So I, I, I coach and I teach a lot of, you know, how do you invite somebody in? How do you show them that you're open and you're, you're, you, you want to connect with them mm. in, a, in a friendly way? So uh, you know, hands, eyes. Body language, nonverbal signaling is still predominantly the way in which we communicate mm. as human beings. But it's just that we, we translate it as it's all about language. Mm. Language is so limited. And, and you only have to look at that's what happens when we go and, and we travel to, to different countries around the world. We can't communicate because we don't have the language. So it's all about that. What yes. are the signals that you're sending? That And managing that perception is, is the key to this. So the two mm. dimensions, who am I? And how do I manage that perception in the way in which others perceive me? And that, again, is absolutely the core of what really building mm. a brand is about. So it's, it's that that I spend a lot of time with on clients. Wow. And then all the visual references, yeah. the clothes that you wear, what are you trying to say to the world? Yes. You know, how are you wanting people to perceive you? Uh, it's it, you know this stuff gets really fascinating mm. when you start to get in under the layers of it. Yeah, I mean it's interesting because I remember I remember years ago having um, three sixty feedback. I had a coach at the time, and it was when I was at Tui. And one of the feedback that came back, and they did three sixty peers, bosses, you know the whole shebang, um, was about the way I was dressing. And it said Jeanette, you know, consummate professional, blah blah, all this good stuff. But they said always in a suit. And, and actually, I didn't realise, but I was probably portraying quite an intimidating, almost slightly 
behaving more like a man. And, and it really struck home with me. It was a small thing at the time, but it was a massive thing because I then went out and changed my water. It's a good excuse to go shopping, right? But I'm being slightly flippant. But it really did make a difference because I, I thought, well, actually, no, because outside of work, I don't wear a pinstripe suit outside yeah. of work. I wear quite bold colours normally and dresses. And so why am I not portraying that in the work environment and it did it did make quite a big even that just little piece of insight made a massive difference yeah, to me so, you know, it's, it's so interesting you say that because you know in the business world you know often a suit is armor yes. you know we're strapping on our armor and that's that's fine actually it has a role because mm -hmm. you know there are parts of that environment which are about power and influence yes. you know effectively that's how you, you you know how you build things and you create things often using those dimensions mm -hmm. for me that should never be in a controlling way but it is you know they are parts of how we go out to the world and how we build things mm -hmm. so you know a suit can be Im immensely empowering for people mm -hmm. but it's really understanding that impact and on how it's making you feel and then you know when I'm when I'm styling you know often you know a client will say to me I can't believe how the cut and the fabric um, of a suit for example can make me feel so differently when I walk into the boardroom mm. or when I'm going to give a presentation or I'm standing in front of my people you know it's fundamentally changed my psychology and it's mm. funny and you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding around styling you know for me you know when I see all these these fashion stylists yes there's a place for it and fashion's an incredibly mm. creative industry but for me real styling is about understanding the psychology of that person so talking about you and you know whenever we spend time together Jeanette you know when I look if I going back to your your essence for me it's your warmth your softness your deep interest and curiosity in people that really comes across as mm. such a, a powerful thing and that's all about softness yeah it's yeah. all about softness it's yeah. all about that you, you know that ability to draw people in so you think of the impact of armor and effectively you're putting a barrier between you yeah. and that person yeah. now there are times and circumstances where that might be appropriate but actually, we just fall into that trap. Again, you know, the number of my clients who just say to me, well, I don't think that much about it. So what happens is I've got my row of outfits that <laughs> yeah. I just put on. And because I'm so busy that I don't have time. And yet you don't, you forget the fact these are such powerful signals, mm. you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm constantly saying to people, you know, dress for how you feel and how you want to be perceived. Mm. I had a lovely example of somebody who said that, um, you know, I said, well, you know, ultimately, what do you want to achieve? You know, what's your aspiration? And um, he said, well, you know, being honest, um, uh, he said, I, I, I want to be on a beach in three years' time. So he said, can I start, can I, can I start wearing my Speedos to the office? <laughs> because I'm signalling what I want my aspiration no, to be. please don't. Uh, yeah. I said, you know, you, you're probably taking this a little bit too literally. But... <laughs> Leave the bushy smugglers at yeah, home. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. That's fantastic. Can we come back to the TV uh, part of your career? Because that track... Did you, was that sort of uh, almost like a stepping, like a bridge between the corporate and then sort of what you do now? Because you tend to think of TV as being, you know, very creative and glamorous and you were traveling around. And I guess you were working with, with Judith Chalmers at the, at the time mm -hmm. as well. Um, so, so was that a bridge, i.e. a transition, or was that a real step change for you coming out of corporate into TV? Yeah, so it's a great question. And actually, it's one that has a, a very deep significance for me because, mm. 
I didn't understand this at the time. You know, it's very easy to look at your life and go, well, well, of course, I can see all the patterns and it all made sense. And I designed it that way. <laughs> I, I absolutely, you know, one of the things I've learned most about life is we're all making it up as we go along, you know, yeah. frantic, you know, and I still, you know, age 58, I'm still making it up. And that's part of the magic, really. But, you know, it was when I realised that everybody else was as well, that I kind of got the the reality, you know, it didn't matter whether you were talking to the, you know, the boss of a huge global company. We're all winging or an it. Or all winging it in one way or another. It's kind of thing. But but the, 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 that question has very deep significance mm. for me because um, a lot of creative people, you see this typically in creative um, profile, uh, they have introversion and they have extroversion. Mm. And it's those two things that play. So, you know, look, I am obviously quite flamboyant. When I go out to the world, I go out to the world with quite, with, with, with quite a loud image. I'm actually an introvert. I'm a deeply reflective person. Mm. It's why my privacy is really important to me, um, my ability to be able to recharge my energy. And TV for me is, it, it's that performer. It's that, um, you, you know, it's my, it, it, it's my drug of choice. Yeah. You know, when I'm out on a stage or I'm in front of a camera, you know, that's, it, it's, it's that being out on the edge for me, which is a big part of my nature. And I recognize that to, to do that. But it's counterbalanced by this introversion. Mm. So my life actually is a mixture of um, you, you know, this ability to be able to recharge, to re-energize, to be at home with my spirituality, and then to go out to the world. Mm. And, and particularly now, Jeanette, that's more important to me than ever because you know, it's really interesting about television. You know, television is still one of the most powerful ways in which you can reach people. And, um, you know, I I understood that when I was doing television, you know, there was a, a chance you can impact people's lives. Mm. Um, and, and for me, I, I do it in a slightly different way now. But, you know, the more people that I can get out there, and it's not about trying to tell people how to live their lives. No, no, sure. For me, it's not about that. But I think we do live in a world where, you know, increasingly um, we, we, we've lost that ability to tune in to the very best things that make us human beings, mm. which is, you know, kindness, compassion, consideration. You know, you look at what's been happening in COVID, you know, in this whole kind of mm. environment. Yes, we have seen examples of that. And it's been very joyful, you know, at times, you know, things like supporting the national health and, you know, all of these kind of things, some very, very touching moments. Mm. But they've also been counterbalanced by, you know, actions of extreme self-centeredness yeah. you know this ability to be able to I'm going to get angry with somebody because they don't share my view mm. um, I'm going to you know I don't give a monkeys you know whether there's you know five things left in the supermarket I'm having all five of them and yeah. sod everybody else yeah. you know and you, you know and we're seeing we're seeing examples of that again you know starting mm. to and I get it, it it's what happens when we feel fearful mm. but mm. you know there's a duality in human nature you know we have our our bright side our positive side and we all have shadow mm. Um, and it's understanding and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what makes us human. But, it, you know, I think it's a difficult life when when that dark side becomes over-indexed in people's lives and fear takes us down those directions. Mm -hmm. And you only have to look at around the world at the moment to see how that's playing out. It's playing out in geopolitics. It's playing mm -hmm. out in behaviour, in, um, in, in, in organisations. It's playing out in people's homes, mm -hmm. you know, power play in people's homes because people are fearful. Yeah. So, you know, for people like me, if you can go out and even in a really small way, Jeanette, you know, it, it, encourage people to say, just think about it because, you know, for me, change is a, is, a, is a fascinating thing. You know, we all say we would like the world to be to, to be different. We'd like, you know, to, to 
that saved the planet. And yes, of course we would do. But we don't do it through those grand gestures. We, we do it with very small things. Mm. We do it by saying, how can I be a better father or a mother or, or, or a better partner mm -hmm. um, or a, you know, a better colleague? And it's those little things that we do every day that drive change. Mm. And if we do those things, that's how we make a difference in life. That's how we, you know, and I guess, if anything, that's what I do today. And, you know, I'm constantly looking for ways in which I can at least get people to think about those things. And that's kind of my contribution, I guess, as to how you, you know, for me, it's not about putting, you know, 10 pounds in a, in a, in a charity collection. It's about, can I, can I, can I help people to think mm. and be a bit kinder and a bit more compassionate in the world yeah well I mean you're making a massive impact clearly you know to a lot of people that's that's absolutely clear and and I think the other the other thing that that sort of struck me as you were just talking then was this idea of incremental gains mm -hmm. yeah and and I think you see that a lot in sports don't you you know that it's the, it's the tenth of a second that, that really makes a difference or it's how fast in the Formula One they can change the tyre you know and all that kind of stuff whereas I think sometimes we as human beings we set ourselves up for almost overly ambitious objectives and, and achievements and then when we don't get that we, we feel like we failed yeah. um, and actually you haven't failed you've learned something hopefully along the yeah. way but I think to be able to encourage people to just make those small steps every single day baby steps you know uh, I say that a lot if you just did one thing every day towards whatever your goal is you'd be amazed 365 days in the year that's a that's a lot of stuff yeah. <laughs> over the yeah. course of a year um, but actually just much better to make those small improvements than to try and change the world overnight and then be disappointed and then totally stop yeah do you know it's such an it's such an insightful point um Jeanette because I think you know in many ways we set ourselves up for failure mm. you know I'm you know I'm, it, it's it's funny you know this um you, you know if you if you put enough hours into something then you know ultimately you, you be successful just because you work hard at it it's fundamentally not true mm. so I look in you know, and I'm very fortunate you know to work with a, a lot of very gifted people and there's always a commonality okay which is that they have talent um, now the reality is we all have talent you know yeah. I know that's exactly what you know you're all your mentoring a, mm. a, is about is recognizing the difficulty is 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 identifying that talent within ourselves yeah. and then having the confidence to play it out but we're not going to do that by simply you know aspiring to be the next Richard Branson mm. or you know the next super entrepreneur or the next the, the big corporate chief or, or you know someone who's going to star in Hollywood you know but we set ourselves these aspirations and then yeah. we try and you know and and, and 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 for most people, those are very unrealistic goals. Mm. Um, so you know, so much of potential is about what is what is my talent. How can I understand that? And then how can I find a way of doing what I do best, mm. you know, and then taking it out to the world. And for me, that's the definition of how people um, achieve success. And again, look, success for me is a very limited word yeah. because it it, it it almost says, well, if I, you know, if I'm if, if I'm held in higher esteem and I earn more money, then I am successful. And we give mm. those badges in life to, to people, mm. whereas actually for me, it's about fulfillment. Yeah. Um, and there's no end game in all of this. You know, there is a, you know, we kind of say, well, if only I get this, you know, then I will be fine. You know, we spend our whole lives going, oh, well, if I do all of this, then I'll be able to retire. But life is a, you know, I'm not saying, you know, having a different life pattern is, of course, that's attractive for many people. Mm. But ultimately, you know, I look at people like, you know, I'm watching the Attenborough 
uh, program at the moment you know that guy's in his 90s and he's absolutely killing it you know in terms of you know still and killing it by that vitality Mm. that passion you know there's Mm. somebody who understands their purpose and it energizes him it's his mission you know that thing and everything that he does in his life you and it's palpable you can feel it Mm. and for me that's the key to living a fulfilled life it's not about you know will other people think I'm great or you know those things for me are the the real essence of understanding the magic of life is to Mm. recognize you know as long as and I have to say Jeanette it's not something you know particularly want to think about but if I fell in the Thames tomorrow you know what I promise you I would go with a smile on my face yeah because I'd I'd think to myself you know what I maxed it (laughs) it may not have been great all the time and you know I've got things spectacularly wrong many many times in my life but you know what that and if you can say that nobody goes I mean it's a cliche isn't it but nobody goes but I wish I'd spent more time doing this you know I wish I'd had another title you know I'm going to be defined by that what do we remember experiences you think about Mm. what you remember in your life Mm. it's the times when you 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 had an experience you spent time with somebody you had a conversation that made Mm. you think it's nothing to do with the fact that, you know, you might have had this success or whatever. You know, the biggest house can be the loneliest house, can't it? You know, if it, if it doesn't have love in it, it doesn't have yeah. energy in it. Yeah, no, gosh, there's so, there's so many so many great pieces of advice here. So I'm going to ask you, because you've given so much out to everyone else, what's been the best piece of advice you've ever received? I think it's, I mean, again, it, it sounds so obvious, but it's really not spending your time worrying and thinking too much about um, other people and what other people want from you. Mm. But live, you know, absolutely living your truth and having the confidence to go out there and say, if I do that, everything else will happen around me. And if, if, if I really have to think of the turning point in my life, it was that. Mm. Because, and you know, going back to your question about kind of corporate life and all mm. the rest of it. Yes, there were many things about that that I enjoyed. But I wasn't being me, Jeanette. Mm. You know, that was the biggest defining thing. There was something missing and I knew it. I knew it. And it was only when I acted on it, because so many of us in life, you know, we we intuitively, we understand it. Mm. There's a voice in our head that says something doesn't feel good here. And yet we fear changing it. And, you know, and I'm profoundly grateful um, for the fact that I did manage to change it. I'm profoundly grateful for the people that helped me change it. And look, I'm, my, you know, my life's not perfect. It absolutely is. And as I said, we're, we're, we're brilliant and flawed as human beings. And I'm, I'm a perfect example of that, sometimes more flawed than brilliant. But, it, but, but it, you know, that energy and vitality for life for me is 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 what makes life very special mm. and and I try and live by that fantastic <laughs> so what's next for Russell oh my goodness you know there's a, there's a, for me it, it's interesting isn't it that you know life is um it, it is about adventures it is about experiences and you know funnily enough coming and spending time living on a, a large living on a boat um was a great example of how you can defy logic and do something completely different and actually change your life in such a positive way. So there's no end goal for me other than the fact that I love and having people around me that really matter, Mm. um, maxing on my own potential, which will come through adventures, experiences, people, and 
doing whatever I can to help others, that's really what's next. And it's the continuation of that journey. And I hope if all of that comes together, I will be and continue to be as as, as happy as 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 I as I feel today. So Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. One to for you to have agreed to do this because I just think your light and your energy is just such an emotional special thing. And so I feel very privileged to have had the chance to, to chat with you. Oh no, no, thank you. I for, really, thank I you really for asking. Quite, quite emotional. <laughs>